Hi and welcome back to Hypnotherapy with Colour Therapy. My name's Daryl and today we're going to be looking at modalities or senses and their role within hypnotherapy or in therapy in general. So which is your strongest sense? Can you easily imagine images or sounds, perhaps sensations or emotions? And this podcast is going to explore some of the many influences that our sensory modality preferences have on hypnosis and therapy in general. And we're going to start by considering what those sensory modalities are, how to assess them, before covering some of the ways in which a client's sensory modality preference will help you be an even more effective hypnotherapist. So throughout this podcast, I'm going to be referring to the client rather than the client or the participant, subject matter or volunteer and so forth. Just the client for this podcast. So sensory preferences influence a diverse range of applications to hypnotherapy. Commonly, what we call the primary senses are considered to be visual, your ability to see, auditory, hear and kinesthetics, which are your sensations, your emotions, the the touch feeling. And then we have secondary senses being olfactory, which is smell, and gustatory, which is taste. And whilst the majority of people will be more of visual, auditory, or kinesthetic, there is some individuals who may be more attuned to either their smell or taste modalities. And you're going to find that those type of people will take up even career paths that kind of help with those modalities. So for example, a career in perfume testing will probably be more appropriate than, for example, being a sewage worker for someone who has a very sensitive sense of smell. Rarely will someone just have access to one of their senses. Although they may be particularly strongly focused on one sense, with others being much more or less important, other people's sensory preferences may be evenly distributed between two or three of these primary sensory modalities. There are many ways in which to assess an individual's sensory preferences. You can do it through conversation, like the quizzes, or suggestibility test. In conversation, a client's mes- language will often give a clue to their preferences. So in a second, I'm going to read out three examples. And I wonder how many sensory-based words can you hear for each of the examples I state. So here's a visual example. It is like I can see myself looking wonderful when I just got toned up a bit. I'm more aware of noticing the healthy foods when I go shopping and watch out for different coloured fruit and veg as well. I take a peek into the fridge at work and can see how short-sighted some people are about their food choices. And now an auditory example. Whenever I'm in an argument with my partner, I can't help but listen to the harsh tone in her voice. Sometimes I can only take one remark or mention the whole wrong thing. And that is as clear as a bell as they describe in detail what I've done wrong. They couldn't be more outspoken. I do try to tune them out, but I still seem to get an earful. A kinesthetic example. So when it boils down to it, I'm rather an emotional person. I do try to take a firm grip of my emotions, but sometimes the pressure just builds until they overflow. Sometimes simply allowing myself to relax and let go of tension helps me grasp a stronger sense of control and it certainly seems the stress goes hand in hand with feeling things more sensitively. 
And then as a bonus, I'm going to kind of give two more examples, but using the two secondary senses. So factory, here's an example. As one of my new colleagues last week in their car, and what a journey, their air freshener was so strong it was beyond pungent. I wonder what stink it was that they were trying to cover up, as it was a very odd odour, even with the windows open. The scent, which apparently was meant to be apple fresh, was so strong that even when we went past a rubbish truck filled with smelly rubbish, it simply went over the top of that scent as though it wasn't there. And now an example of gustatory. The new Flavoursome Healthy Eating Programme is a great way of exploring new tastes and tasting flavours. Most of the time it results in tangy and fresh meals and nibbles that I can savour, although occasionally there will be a hint or a tinge of something less palatable or a bit of an aftertaste just after one bite, which could me be being too generous with the seasoning. Overall, though, I am relishing the experience. So I hope from the five examples that just kind of said there, you'll realise that even our words betray our senses. So in whatever context you're interacting with somebody, whether it's at work or in your family time, or even talking with a client, conversationally assessing somebody's sensory preferences comes with practice and it will take a wee while. The more often you pay attention, the easier it will be to eventually automatically notice. You can also deliberately move the conversation towards a covert assessment tool, such as the holiday. Here you simply ask the person to describe their ideal holiday, as if they had unlimited time and resources. You can then listen to whether they talk about the sights and the scenery, i.e. for example the kind of calm ocean and the blue sky, or maybe they talk about the sounds, such as the gentle lapping of the waves against the shore, or maybe even the sensations and emotions that are present when walking along the soft sandy beach with the cool ocean water lapping over their big bare feet. In a more formal setting, such as a hypnotherapy session, you may choose to use a quiz to help you identify the client's sensory preferences. Hypnotic suggestibility testing is another popular route for assessing sensory preferences, whether as the primary intention of the suggestibility test or just as a beneficial secondary bonus. A really simple visualization test is the boat. Here you simply ask the client to close their eyes and imagine a boat on the ocean. Then tell them to open their eyes and ask them about their experience. This can help you find out whether they're visual, i.e. they can see the boat, auditory, maybe they can hear the waves lapping, or maybe they're kinesthetic, they can feel the bobbing of the boat on the waves. Olfactory, the smell of the ocean, or maybe the wood on the boat. Gustatory, i.e. the taste of the salty air from the ocean. You can also find out if they're disassociated, in other words they're seeing the ship from maybe the outside. Or maybe they are associated actually being on the ship. A more detailed version of the boat is the lemon suggestibility test. Here you give suggestions for entering the kitchen, selecting a lemon, and then cutting the lemon and swallowing some of the lemon juice, which tends to make the mouth water in reality. The lemon suggestibility test is particularly useful as you assess the client's experience of each of the senses. There are other benefits as well. By discussing the client's experience, you can build rapport, and that's really important. We need that rapport to actually get to know the client. It gives the client a collaborative experience before the hypnosis. Consider any potential resistance, and also assess their ability to engage with these suggestions. 
With some suggestibility tests, there is observable indications such as the hands are moving together for the magnetic hand suggestibility test. Other suggestibility tests, i.e. the lemon I was just talking about, are internal and you'll explore the client's subjective experiences so they'll tell you about them. Not all hypnotherapists are familiar with the use of suggestibility tests and although they are worth exploring as the information they can provide considerably influence the effectiveness of your work and also the suggestibility for the client. You can also look at things like suggestibility training which can be a great CBD add-on to your experiences. So we're going to look now at the applications for modalities and an awareness of somebody's sensory preference will, can enhance your communication effectiveness in many areas of your life, whether in your leisure time, you know, better understanding talking to your friends and family or your work life as a therapist. So for example, understanding modalities can help you target a sales pitch, such as selling your business to a prospective client far more effectively. It can also help avoid sensory mismatching. An example of that is absolutely no point talking about a visual aspect to a client who maybe has a very strong touch modality. It's also important to become aware of your own sensory preferences and how you naturally talk about your product or your services. Maybe it'd be a good idea to record yourself and then listen to those type of words. Are they a feeling word, a, an emotional word, or are they a visual or an auditory word? And then assess the modality preference of the person you're going to be talking with. Notice if their preference is different to yours, change your language to match their sensory preferences. It's more important that the therapist changes their language. We can't ask our clients to do it. And this will make your client easier to understand and connect to you. So I'm going to give three examples of how your language can, you know, the same product, but from three different perspectives. So from a visual perspective, I'd like you to take a good look at this new device. You'll be able to notice how the new design and colour give it a much more pleasing appearance. From an auditory sense, I'd like to tell you a little about our new device. This model is now whisper quiet and you can barely hear the soft hum it makes even when running at full capacity. And now from a kinesthetic point of view, let me give you one of our new devices so you can get a feel for it. You can notice how light it now it is with a much smoother surface and yet has dimple grips in just the right places so you can securely hold it. Generally an awareness of your modality preferences and the recipient's, your client's preference will enable you to be more easily persuaded and influence as well as generate and maintain that rapport. I mean with hypnosis being able to rapidly build rapport is so essential. For a lot of us we may only get that half hour or of the consultation to do it. So sensory preference awareness can influence every aspect of your interaction with your individual. I mean, within hypnotherapy settings, an understanding of sensory preferences, yours and theirs, can positively influence most aspects of a therapy session. During that consultation, it will help to build rapport and create, a, create that kind of greater sense of collaboration and understanding. It can also help with the selection of appropriate hypnotherapeutic methods, whether it's the inductions or the deepness or even the suggestions themselves. So for example, if you have a highly kinesthetic client, you might do better to use a physical induction such as, for example, magic hands or whereas if they're more visual, maybe one of the eye fixations or eye gaze inductions may be better received. You may be more selective in your hypnotherapy approaches as well. 
However, it's, it is important to offer a balanced range of sensory. Don't go overboard on the visuals, because even a visual person will still use those other senses. You know, the client will also be receptive to the other types of suggestion, just not their main one. Finally, a sensory awareness can carry through, you know, beyond the therapy session into your selection and framing of like the things that you give the client to do when they go home, those homework tasks, those activities. You know, helping the client to better engage with that kind of post-session therapy. So, I hope this has been helpful for you. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to get in contact, please check below. You can go to my website, www.mccullotherapy.co.uk or send me an email at info at or catch me up on my socials. They're all below in the wording below this podcast. Thank you and have a great week.